Today, we have a fishbowl episode, another one, Halloween edition. Um, we've got some friends and family with us. In costume. <laughs> In costume. So we're going to go around the table, um, introduce one oneself and your costume. Uh, not that the audience can see it, but for fun. <laughs> okay, I'm Susan. I'm another sibling. I'm the second youngest. <laughs> Oh, yeah, in your costume. Oh, and I'm an elf. <laughs> yeah. I'm Julia, and I'm, a, and I'm my boyfriend today. That's your costume. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Nick, and uh, I'm my girlfriend. Nice. For yeah. Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Anne-Marie, and I'm dressed up as Black Widow. And I'm Thomas, the co-host of Oldest Youngest, and I'm dressed up as Bruce Banner slash Hulk. No, so. buddy, you're just the Bruce part. I'm just the Bruce part, yes, yes. I got my glasses and my hair and my suit. That's I'm, I'm Natalie, and I'm a hobbit today. Nice. So, yeah, we have another fishbowl episode. So, Thomas, we're going to, I think, start with you first. So, Sweet. pick a right. topic. I'm going to shake up the fishbowl on the topic. Oh, oh, oh. One Whoa, <laughs> I think that did that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's my own. <laughs> no. Okay, so the first topic we have is Catholic aliens? Question mark. Aliens. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Um, you can go ahead and start the timer. Wait. Are sorry. Are aliens Catholic or? Catholic. Yeah. This is the question. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the question appears to be two words. Okay. Yeah. Catholic aliens. Uh, so honestly. let me explain what I was thinking. So I was listening to Jimmy Aiken's podcast today oh, yes. and about how if there's aliens, what does that mean for Catholics? Does it disprove God for any reason? Does it um, mean that like we're the, not the only ones or what, do they need to be saved so far and such? Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my thinking about this is I love the book um, Out of the Silent Planet, Paralandra, and... The Hideous Strength mm. by C.S. Lewis. It's a science fiction trilogy. And basically, in the, the first, second book, he tackles the question, if there is another race, let's say, of aliens, um, what if they never fell to, like, original sin? Mm. And they just kind of, like, lived in union with God how they were meant to be, right? <laughs> And um, I always loved those books and that kind of like thought process. So I think I think that is possible. And like, I don't think aliens or um, extraterrestrial intelligent extraterrestrial life is out of the bounds. We may never see them, obviously, because of how big the universe is. Um, and it's just, I feel like statistically it would be pretty uh, low. But um, I think it's a really interesting question and. I don't think they would need necessarily be saved unless they did go in original sin or something. Um, yeah, I feel like God would do something differently with mm. them if if he had to, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or maybe we're supposed to help them learn about Jesus. Yeah, that's actually a good share, point like because <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good point because in Jimmy Atkins' mm. podcast, he he. Uh, he addressed that was like maybe we evangelize them or sounds, they evangelize us yeah mm-hmm. yeah sounds a little egotistical but you know yeah. like, oh maybe. we're the only important planet mm-hmm. we can only yeah. have the we news <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay so that's that's my time all right so now everybody gets a minute to kind of talk about it too Mm-hmm. Like respond to something Thomas said, or you could make up your own, whatever you want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, just address so. the topic. Emery, go Perfect. Um, wow, so interesting. Nothing I really ever thought of or <laughs> spent time thinking about the idea of Catholic in relation to the extraterrestrial world. But, you know, um, like you said, Thomas, it's like not of the question, right? And that 
I always found interesting watching the different like documentaries and different like whatever discovery channel things on like aliens or like alien science like it's always of course very interesting and definitely um obviously the universe is so big so it wouldn't be surprising Mm. um if there are other things going on but in relation to being catholic i like that idea of like yeah maybe they're supposed to share the news with us so we're supposed to share the news with them fun things to ponder Mm. yeah i think so yeah, kind of going off what Thomas said, too, um, with if there's a possibility that this extraterrestrial life form never gave in to sin. Mm. Like, they had perhaps free will, and yet they decided not to act upon sinful behaviors. Mm. I think that'd be really interesting. And what, that world, would what would that mean, look like in a yeah, world? Yeah. If we met them. So, yeah, that would be very interesting. Because, um, yeah, I don't think we would say that God would create them without free will because at least in our regard he doesn't yeah. care for creation that does not have a free will mm. um yeah i was i thought free will was an interesting topic in there and like if we wanted to we could expand it past aliens and talk about our own free will but yeah i think the topic is aliens so <laughs> yeah aliens like Anne-Marie, I haven't really thought about this specifically before, <laughs> so I don't have much to add. Um, but I think just the um, the general concept of what we already do here is our goal is to share the gospel. So mm. if they were to never know of the faith or they know the faith in a different way, because if they, depending on how they were created, that could be interesting. And obviously we learn a lot. So it'd be just like, hopefully if this happened <laughs> or whatever. Unhopefully. If that happens, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm like, there must be that obvious, yeah. like, open communication and sharing and, like, learning of each other, but then yeah. being able to share what we know of our faith is as our kind of goal and mission to do. This is what happens. I, I feel put on the spot. Honestly, I kind of wonder if maybe God made the universe so big so that we wouldn't bump mm. into each other. Because you know how, like mm-hmm. you were talking about, with the maybe they didn't fall into original sin, so maybe there yeah. is a perfect planet out there. Maybe we're not supposed to find it because mm. then we could like disrupt Ruin their yeah. world. Mm. Yeah, but I don't know. I honestly think that the universe is so vast that maybe God created multiple of them. And then yeah. there's like different mm-hmm. plays out. But that sounds like an experiment. And I feel like it makes us seem less special. So I like to think that there's really not that yeah. many. If there are aliens, I, I don't think that they have Jesus in the same way that we do. Right. Yeah, I mean, he could come to them at any time. Yeah. I think, or any form, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. That's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I remember. I remember Grandpa always talking about it, and he. I mean, it's it's still his favorite topic. I That's think why I kind of thought about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he always you know asks you, "Do you think there are aliens out there?" <laughs> and um, do you remember I always, his view? What? Do you remember his view on it? Sorry. Yeah, that's actually what I was gonna say. Yeah. Is that he thinks there is, and because you know it shows like why wouldn't he die for them too mm. and so but I, I like what Nick and Thomas were talking about free will and stuff I never even thought of that um, maybe they didn't sin so or aboriginal sin so their world is perfect and ours is not it's actually really interesting a kind of a mind worm if you really want to get Start talking digging about down there. those <laughs> yeah. you know? a small tidbit too that's going through my head too it's like like, God had to save us by dying on the cross and showing that he became man and yet fully divine and then died for our sins. But is that necessarily the solution for other aliens right. out there? Right. Like, he would you have to do that or fingers, would it be something you know, different? Something yeah. different. That is I don't know how theologically based that is, but yeah. that's just a thought that's going on. I don't know about the catechism stuff. <laughs> yeah. Plus, do aliens have, like, the same heaven and hell that we would? Like, yeah, that's interesting. Maybe. Into them. I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, who are you? <laughs> like, yeah. You don't look like a human. <laughs> <laughs> really? 
resurrected bodies. And if we come back, what, are we gonna like, and we get our original bodies back, are we gonna all have the same planet? Or are we gonna like go a different planet? Right. Yeah. Right. That or was actually another question. Teleport to that was another question on the Jimmy Akins podcast. Was if we when we get our new bodies, are we gonna get to the Mars or? Moon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll just fly through Float space. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Anne Marie, it's your turn. All right, let's do it. <clears throat> hmm. Is it Christian to celebrate Halloween when it has bad origins? Mm. Okay. Orange. Interesting. Like so, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I don't personally know the origins of Halloween, but I can just go off of my experience and how I view um, like other like experiences that can be um, subjectively argued to be, you know, Christian or not Christian. Mm. Um, one that like pops right to mind is like yoga, right? Because um, mm. I, I, oh, yeah. I don't know if there's like a direct church teaching. Again, you know, have to consult the catechism, but I don't know if there's a direct <laughs> church teaching about like yes, yoga is bad, or yes, yoga is wrong, but for me, like, personally, I always think about, like, what's the intention? Am I, like, going at this with the intention of, um, like, worshiping it for its, like, origin, or am I doing it just for, like, um, its uh, more, like, mundane level? So I think Halloween can be thought of, like, in a similar way. Just the enjoyment from it. Yeah, exactly. So I think Halloween, the same thing. Like, am I, um, do I have the intention of, like, worshiping, demonic things of course not right yeah. am i like into it because like candy is yummy yes that's a great one i can't argue with that anyway dressing up right and dressing yeah. up is fun so yeah so i definitely just say like how you go into it with the intention yeah cool. so, okay. um so i'll just ask is it you natalie that made this question no no it looked like you handwritten was it you <laughs> So, um, Susan, what yeah, was the origin? Because my, my thought is, I thought I grew up at least recognizing that I thought it was established in the church as like a, a day to, well, it was All Saints Day, of course. Yeah, that's on November the 1st. next day. Yeah. So that's the next day, so. That's because I think originally Halloween was thought to be like the gates of hell were opened yeah. and that was a pagan holiday. Yes. So a lot of witches and stuff were like worshiping demons on that day. Okay. And yeah. so then they had. Did they established All Saints Day. Yeah. In order, yeah, yeah they to established that to, to like contract or to mm-hmm. like, that oh, don't like pay attention to that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Classic. So, yeah, that's tactic. interesting. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, to uh, Anne-Marie's point, things obviously change as time goes on. Um, not that you shouldn't always look at the origins of something and determine whether it's morally good or not. Mm. But at some point, it gets watered down to a point where there is no thought of the origin. Like, I'm trying to think of examples, but I can't. But... In this case, like, when I celebrate Halloween, I don't think of the demonic necessarily, but there are people who think of the demonic during mm-hmm. Halloween, and yeah. perhaps they're doing demonic-like things that day, but personally I'm not. Does that mean I'm endorsing demonic things? I don't know. Mm. Um, those are my strange thoughts on it. But. Yeah, I like the intentionality, which is, like, kind of everything we do, like um, what you were saying, Anne-Marie, about it. Um, and kind of thinking, you know, right, like, um, the witch trials, or that's probably also mm-hmm. the bit of Salem, which we kind of live <laughs> somewhere there. Um, so, <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, there is that origin of it, but again, like, we're doing it to just have, well, I'd say for us to have fun and celebrate with friends or just times as kids, like, different memories and experiences. I kind of like that, too, being able to think back. Um, and obviously we can have experiences without Halloween, but mm. it's always fun where it's something like a family does together, or unites with your siblings and things like that. Mm. So kind of with that intentionality of it, um, again, like not hanging out or supporting things that may be a little more demonic or right. how, yeah, like, <laughs> like if you're doing this with your kids or your family or something like that, kind of the importance to see that intentionality of like a fun day too just to kind of celebrate and it's always fun for me like to dress up or yeah. be something different like so a, kind of there's like, like a fine line that. between mm-hmm. yeah. and then what you're saying though all saints day is 
the day after. So that's also exciting. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of yeah. like bring, yeah. bring that into both. that. Yeah. yeah, bring that together. So, you know, you do Halloween, but then you're like, well, we're going to Mass on All Saints Day. So yeah. kind of having that mm. celebration of both. I guess an interesting way to look at it, too, is kind of like Christmas where a lot of people aren't Christian, and yet they're celebrating Christmas mm. anyway. Mm. That's a good, so, yeah, that's a good Yeah, thing. it's more like the embodiment of, like, you know, getting together with family and, the, like, the morals mm. and stuff. And I guess, like, Halloween can be seen that way. It's, like, about community and right. mm. towns coming together and, like, going trick-or-treating mm-hmm. and your family yeah. and things. <laughs> yeah. I like that way. Like, mm. Yeah, so that is I guess, a great, yeah. It's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I know. Oh, but I was kind of like thinking too, like, because we're all hyped up on like the movies and the creepy horror stuff, and mm-hmm. is that like good to think about? Because people get kind of into that during Halloween, especially. So like, mm-hmm. is is it? Yeah, there's a good parts to Halloween, but then there can be like the bad parts too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, is it worth the? I, I definitely yeah. have something to say about that, but I don't want to skip that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I think Halloween for me is always sort of like a double-edged sword. Like, I really love dressing up. I love make-believe. Um, you like crafting. And I, I love crafting. <laughs> I love making costumes. Yeah. It's true. It is. It's true. And I love decorating, and it's fun. But I love the cutesy stuff, like when kids dress up as teddy bears mm-hmm. and puppy dogs, and I hate the really creepy stuff. Um, and because that really does remind me that there are people right now celebrating black masses, which is basically the mass of the devil. Um, they're actually holding one in Georgia tonight. What? So, say mm, prayer. Um, wow. And they invited a bunch of politicians to join them. So um, that stuff gives me the chills. And yeah. it's really scary because we know the power of God and saints and our good side, right? The side mm-hmm. that's hopefully behind us. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Satan is real and he is really scary. So yeah. not to turn it super dark or anything. But like I said, it's it's always a double-edged sword for me. Like, I really enjoy it, but then it's also scary at the same time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah all, all good good things. Um, I was kind of going along the lines of uh, what Susan said about um, how there can be kind of like you know, like, kind of the intention behind it. Um, and I was thinking, like, a similar question would be, like, is horror movies okay? And I think that would be, the answer would be yes, as long as, for one, like, you, you never, personally, you never want to lead yourself into something that would make you depressed, despair, right? Um, because for that reason right so watching a horror movie if it makes you so upset mm-hmm. I think that would be a bad thing right similar to Halloween like I think if some for someone like Halloween is like a really big issue whether it be something in their past or along those lines or they just are very uncomfortable with it yeah that's cool like don't celebrate it right mm-hmm. um, right don't watch horror movies yeah. if it bothers and I you. think the important question is is are we and by like dressing up scary as like monsters or anything, <laughs> are we glorifying evil, right? Which is something we should never want to do mm. or try right. to do. Right, it's like kind of what Anne Marie and Julia said. Yeah. Like the intention behind it and exactly what yeah. what is it that you're teaching yourself yeah. and others? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And we can still recognize evil for what it is, mm-hmm. and you know, see that it's the weaker side, right? Like yeah. it's. Yeah. Well, I think some good parts, too, is, like, we're kind of conquering it. Like exactly. Like, we're taking something evil yeah. and making right. it, like, fun and happy. Well, it's kind of like what we do mm-hmm. with Christmas. We did that with all the holidays, too, right. as far as around when they're centered in the mm-hmm. time of year. So we matched up, we took the pagan holidays and we matched up our religious right. holidays. And the different traditions Because it made it easier to teach yeah. and convert. Like, people. even Thanksgiving had bad origins. That's true. So. Yeah. That's a good point. All right, Nicholas. Cool topic. Okay. Yeah. Next one. Well, I got like five in one. They're all sticky notes. They're all I folded mine. Oh, no. So all of these combined. There you go. Talk about virtue signaling. Oh, yes. you get mine. <laughs> that That's mean? awesome. Virtue signaling. Virtue signaling. It's like. Can you explain um, real quick? Yeah. Oh. So it's like <laughs> um, when you say. 
oh, I, I give to, like, when you get a pamphlet in the mail and somebody's nearby you or whatever, and it's a money, a uh, pamphlet asking for money for, like, a food pantry, mm-hmm. and you're like, I give to the food pantry every year. Oh, it's, like it's, people saying it's great. It's, it's like, like the best tooting thing to your do. own. Yeah, horn. and that's what it sounds like to me. Okay, yes. so not being humble, we yeah. can talk about humility. Um, <laughs> talk about virtue signaling. Okay, so typically, as I said in our Bible study this week, I'm pretty off put to people who mm. I find. Oh yeah. Say they're so good. I'm very skeptical. <laughs> um, it's just part of my nature and. Sometimes it's not the best thing because I know the person's actually good. Um, or do you? And they're not, they're not doing anything wrong necessarily in the way that they're saying it because they're not actually trying to get anything out of it. It's just them being Christ-like. But in virtue signaling, when they're actually intentionally um, pushing their good actions on you and trying to seek a reaction from that, as in like a consolation gift, like, oh, you're such a good person, you know, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, thank you so much. I mean, I didn't really need to bring it up right now, but I do give like $10,000 to homeless orphans in Africa. Um, but, you know, like, it's good to be a good person, but it's even better to be a good person and not even let the world know that you're a good person. Yeah, keep it quiet. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So it's hard to do, I'm sure. Um, I haven't been giving $10,000 to homeless orphans in Africa. <laughs> or have you? Or have I? <laughs> but I wouldn't say it. Because I, I wouldn't say it. Because <laughs> um, I would be bragging. But yeah, no, definitely it, it's a struggle for some people, some people not, maybe. Um, just because different people have different dispositions to how much they're even willing to share with somebody. Like, I assume this is probably more of an issue with people who like to share a lot about themselves. Hmm. And I can be kind of more inward, so not saying I don't struggle with this, but I'm saying I don't struggle with this that much, per se. So, virtue signaling. Talk about it, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've never heard of those that were, uh, yeah. like, combination before. <laughs> but um, I definitely, some things you were saying, Nick, with also, even if we do struggle with this, like, it's something we can all work on. Um, but if you're realizing now as you're listening, like, oh, I do this, or, like, <laughs> You know, anything can change. So that's always important to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but it made me really think of the Beatitudes, um, which we read a couple weeks ago um, at church and luckily discussed at Bible study. Um, and just kind of, because sometimes it's helpful to think of concrete things or people or saints you could be like in order to be humble, because it can be confusing because it's not just like bashing yourself and totally mm-hmm. inward on right. everything. Um, but anyways, just thinking of the Beatitudes and like, blessed are the meek, blessed are the humble, and also just makes you think of like Mother Teresa, or um, that's really the one saint right now. But it's the only saint. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so just thinking about that, and I mean, it's a good reminder for me too. Like, it is important like for us to participate in charities and services and like. Um, help and community service and everything like that and maybe your one way of doing it is just inviting other people to join you um, in those activities or donations um, but kind of keeping it you know a silent of maybe what you contribute um, mm. but I think it, if you do do something like participate in an organization I think it's a great opportunity to also share with other people mm. so they can also see this great opportunity to yeah them. that's true mm-hmm. yeah good point yeah, I do think it's like a very fine line because I mm. think sometimes we need that um, I don't know like consolation or whatever from our fellow Christians like oh I do this oh good for you and so it makes us feel like okay we're, we're on the right track right. like I'm not completely off yeah. like <laughs> yeah. a little bit of affirmation yeah. yeah and I don't think it necessarily has to be big things too I think sometimes it gets hidden in little things like oh, I, I hugged her while she cried today, you know, I was there for her, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it sometimes that can be like, yeah, look at me, I'm being such a good friend, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So I think sometimes it can be in disguise, but I don't know. It's, a, it's such a weird line to walk, I think, because sometimes I do feel like we need, um, like, that support, saying we're doing the right things and stuff. I really like that way of looking at it, mm-hmm. Susan, and... 
I think I like Julia's way of uh, talking about it too because it's like um, yeah like Julia you were saying like it's an example to other people and so saying that you're doing something isn't necessarily like trying to get praise and then like Susan what you were saying is like you're affirming like it, it is affirming to hear like oh yeah you actually oh you read the bible every day mm-hmm. that's amazing I really want to try to read the bible every yeah day, you know um but I think the thing that really made me think of this topic is our current election mm. going on yeah and people of power mm. and great oh, ability great. to make <laughs> changes in the world and set good examples for people really are more focused on from what I see anyway I don't I can't judge Mm. but from what I see um kind of more like focused on signaling to to people I am such a good person vote for me because I want this like what they get out of it right yeah um and so that kind of disturbs me um and I think like it's I think with great, I think that's a Spider-Man saying, right? With great, <laughs> great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like a politician, <laughs> like who has great power, has great responsibility to also be humble, mm. um, because people see what they do anyway. Clearly, mm-hmm. because stuff that they do in the past right. that's bad yeah. comes out. Exactly. So good stuff comes out too. They don't necessarily need to be like pointing to it. Yep. It always mm-hmm. kind of makes me wary when people are doing that because it usually means they're trying to cover it up. Yeah, yesterday. don't look yeah. at the skeleton in my closet. I have a beautiful yeah. parlor. You know? <laughs> to yeah. be fair, too, though, I do think that sometimes the media is always focusing on everything bad that um, they, they do. Yes, yes. That that's sometimes true. they have to be yeah. like, hey, I'm doing something that's good yeah. here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like so. Oh, that's so true. Otherwise, yeah. they just be yeah. painted as bad. Yeah. 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 All good stuff. Um, I was just kind of thinking, like, what Jesus was saying is like about like fasting. It was like wash your face bef- when you're fasting, yeah. so that other people don't know mm-hmm. that you're fasting, right? Um, and or, or like when you pray, you know, pray in your own room and close the door, right? So like, there's an element to that, uh, but I also think it. We should be careful about like self-flagellation, mm. um, and or scrupulosity. Exactly, mm. scrupulosity and stuff, and just like being like, "Woe is me! I'm the mm. worst person ever." Uh, I'm yeah, that's not. That's I'm like helpful. Hitler, you know, like that's mm. like just and almost to the point where that can almost become virtual signaling yeah, too, right? Because you're trying yeah. to be like people more humble than yeah. you really are. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> there's like so many levels to that that it, it's and it's true like it's tough like what Nick was saying it's tough to see a lot of some people's true intentions they might just be like wanting to talk about it to get some affirmation because they need some encouragement or they could be like trying to toot their own horn and, right. yeah and when yeah. Susan was talking when you were talking to I just want to squeak this in real quick Okay, yes, yes. So, like, people need an example in order to follow. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. um, if nobody knew that you were donating, to further my point here, African children, um, <laughs> then donations would not be going to Africa. Yeah, that's true. So there needs to mm, be yeah. some of, like, some knowledge out there that people are doing this in order for others to do it. Yeah, mm, right. um, that's true. That's my little pointer, and then you. If you want to continue, sorry. Oh, I'm good. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Nick, that segues really well into what I was going to say. <laughs> segues! Um, segues. Segues. So nicely done. Just um, the topics that have been coming up about, like Susan was saying, like a fine line between like tooting your own horn and then like being humble as well. I think it goes back to like the intention, right? Um, and it's like so important for us as Christians to like discern like in the moment, like is what I'm going to share, is it going to be, like, helpful to this other person? And, like, obviously we can't mm. read anyone's mind, but sort of just relying on grace in those moments that if something's put on your heart to to share it. Because sharing um, things that we've struggled with or things that we um, have grown in or things that we're currently practicing can be such a beautiful way of evangelization, mm. um, yeah. right? And a way that others can come to the truth through you. 
Um, but then on sort of like the flip side of that too, there's definitely that fine line between like humility and pride, which C.S. Lewis talks a lot about in Mere Christianity when he's mm-hmm. talking about like the moment you think you're um, being humble, like you're being prideful because yeah. it's like, I'm so humble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's pride. So. Damn. Yeah. So, Damn. Yeah. yeah. Darn. Darn. So yeah. Again. Just really interesting to think about that. Um, but just relying on grace is all we can do. Yeah. Yes. I have a tiny last second thought, too. Uh, it was I your think, topic. So. I think what's the hardest thing, too, here is that it's not objectively discernible. It's subjective mm-hmm. completely. Because yeah. yeah. you can't read the other person's that's mind. True. True. Like, it could be some sweet little lady. And she's like, <laughs> oh, just to the food bedroom. <laughs> you know, you should, too. And it's like she means no wrong. She's not trying to toot her own horn. She's just trying to get you to stinking, you know, go to the food pantry. You could be in a wrong day, a wrong state. It could be your own problems. And you think this person is just being the most. <laughs> so I like where she yeah. says about the grace. And yeah. Just like, yeah. Really that. So I feel like it's it's hard one to tell. I think it's who's in the wrong. Yeah. Also, sorry, uh, one thought that you just made me think of is like judging others too, right? Yeah. Mm. Like it goes into that. It comes right. into that. Yeah. yeah. It's so hard. There's no like good answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the subject was just talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. We did that. Okay, it wasn't fine, the answer? No. No finding answers. No. Can heaven be complete happiness if people you love aren't there? Mm. Good one, Susan. I saw the handwriting. No, that's how you tell. I can't Reading it even made me, like, get a little sad um, for a second. <laughs> Um, but I think, I mean, we, there's so much we don't, you know, fully know about heaven. And we know, though, that, like, that is the complete perfect of everything that, like, from the fall, um, and that's where, you know, we're complete, and that's where the complete happiness comes from. Um, but if we're able to make it to heaven. So I think that is, like, a tricky thing to feel here on earth, because, you know, we don't fully understand it and obviously we would love to be with all our family and friends that we love here on earth and to be there um but even you know just relationships and different change because you have different needs there versus here on earth and that's why we're trying to live our at our different vocations in order to get to heaven um so i think one thing i know we can do while we're here is trying our best to just you know that's where you kind of have to have that tough love or like prayer life and everything with people around you and like recognizing like it's just not an easy road to get to heaven so even you know we're all striving our best but we have no idea what the ultimate um decision we made and all the different you know criteria it Mm -hmm. is or if we truly have um live god's um god's word word and truth while we're here on earth so i think like it will be complete happiness I'm not sure exactly how, um, because, you know, there will be people we know, I'm sure, if, if we're able to get that privilege to go to heaven, um, that we are, you know, we're not longer with, or, like, our parents or siblings or, you know, people that are really close to us, potentially. Um, but I know, like, everything is just right with God. Like, it will become right, yeah. and I'm not sure how that relationship changes Yeah. Um, when you're no longer here on Earth. But... I think it's tough for us, probably more tough for us here on earth thinking that um, just because we see all the suffering and sadness of this world and everything and the pain and we know someone dies, you know, we want them to go to heaven. We just, Hmm. we don't know, but that's where, like I was saying, prayer can come in obviously and praying. That's how important it is to pray for people here on earth, but pray for when they die and their souls and their families. Um, And I feel like that's what we can just do our best to repair Mm -hmm. for when that time is here and the decision is there. That's a good point that you say that it might be worse here on earth because that's what we're all concerned about too. Is like, oh, am I going to get to heaven? Is my friend getting to heaven? And we're so interested and invested in like sharing the gospel and making sure as many people know. Um, but I think my thought process behind it too, you know, there are saints in heaven and they obviously are trying to help us get there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, is it like kind of like when you're in a new relationship and then like your friend who is brokenhearted and you're like, oh, well, it'll be okay. Someone else will come along, you know? And it's kind of like that 
uh, I'm happy, so I'm going to try to get you to be happy too. Mm. So does that mean you're completely happy? Or are you still kind of upset because your friend or whatever is sad too? Is that kind of like how it's going to be like in heaven? Mm. Like, yeah, we're really happy. You know, we have God and everything. But it's kind of like that sad friend down there. Oh, well, we want you to be happy too. You know? So I just kind of wonder... Is it, is it really complete happy until everyone is going to get there yeah. that you know? Um, also, like, people you don't know, because obviously saints are trying to get everyone up there. Mm-hmm. But also, a thought process, too, is like, what about hell? Like, some people are going there, so are we just going to forget about them? Mm-hmm. And then just ignore it and be happy? Like, does that is that kind of disregarding what they're going through, you know? I don't know. I just kind of think it, there's no good answer for that. It's just sad. Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you can't tell me God's happy that people well, are in hell. Like, yeah. Sorry. Well, no, I think that that's exactly what I was going to go to. It's like, God, he clearly loves everybody, right? He created us all. And he gave us free will. And like Father Steve was talking about last week, there's mercy and then there's justice and Mm. they both go hand in hand and um i think that with god's mercy there's also needs to be justice and so the choices we make here are free and things that we choose and decide um and you know i don't think i don't know i guess this is another topic maybe but i don't my hope is that God will look at, like we've been talking about, intentions behind things. And people's, you know, as a as a therapist, I, I see, like I always look at, I always assume good intent. Um, and I ho- always hope that the decisions people make are made with good intention. And, and so I'm hoping that God also sees that with us. Yeah. And um, that way many more people can get to heaven than we perhaps think. Um, And I think, too, you know, my hope is that everybody I love and know gets to heaven because Mm -hmm. ultimately it is one union, right? We're one holy Catholic apostolic church. And without everybody else there, I think... You know, it is sad. It's like the pain we feel when somebody dies. Like you were saying, Julia, like that loss never goes away. It's mm-hmm. always there. It gets a little better, but it doesn't go away. Um, and I think that God hates losing anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he also, like Grandpa always loves to remind us, he is complete in and of himself. He doesn't need right. any of us to exist or be happy. He is fulfilled in and of himself. So I'm thinking that... Maybe once we're in him, like in heaven, like you were saying, Julia, that we might be complete. I guess yeah. that's a good point. It's not like he's heartbroken for himself. He's no. heartbroken yeah. for, for us. Someone else, yeah. I like what you're saying, though, about the saints praying, but, like, so, like, when they're in heaven, like, realizing people are still in purgatory, right? So that maybe where people you're you love her there if, if we end up getting right. him that's first true, true. and so the importance of praying for them like while you're still in, like while you're in heaven right and that's what obviously the saints do so yes. i really like that beautiful idea too yeah um two things i thought of uh, and i think you kind of touched upon it nedley uh, was like just because like you'll be happy in heaven doesn't mean you'll always be happy right like there's still sadness in heaven um, so? like there's still joy in Right, I think so, because you can't really say, like, God's not sad for someone when God is in heaven. That's true. You know, or, like, if we suffer, it doesn't necessarily, they're not sad for us, right? Well, and God invented emotions. Right, exactly. He feels them. I mean, the Beatitudes is, like, blessed are the mournful, right? Yeah, that's true. So, like, they're mourning for us because in, like, Our Lady of um, Tears, Our Weeping Lady... She's sad for us because we don't go to her son. Right. And, you know, gives ourselves completely to him. And that causes great sorrow. So I think with love, with great love, comes great, great sorrow as well. And that's something we're... And I think you can still be joyful. Yes, exactly. Mary on earth, 
I think probably always felt well maybe not always but I think she had a lot more joy in her heart yeah. I think that there is a, definitely a difference between joy happiness right yeah. joy and happiness and, and, and right yeah I definitely. think something that also helps visualize like <laughs> Nicholas uh, yours come in Marie <laughs> I'm not, I'm sorry was she trying to go uh, I wasn't finished either. no she's not finished I was okay. just interjecting okay oh, sorry um because like if you have a hard time visualizing sadness in heaven like you have the trinity and one of those mm. people in the trinity is fully human yeah and if he's fully human he definitely cried and you right. see it in the bible yeah. um which is a point of sadness that yeah. is so interesting to you yeah. Thomas. sorry that was just my and, and then yeah so that was um that, i think that's a great uh great hmm. and thought uh for that um but also like Another thing, too, is I thought there's this fear that we have that God won't be enough, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and that we don't find our fulfillment in others. We find our fulfillment in God and mm-hmm. only in God. Right. Yeah. So, sure, we'll be sad for other people, but we will be fulfilled completely mm-hmm. because it's not others that will we get, obtain our fulfillment. That's from. true. It's just like in a relationship when we're married or even in one of the friendships, we're never fulfilled. We're, right. It's always God. Mm-hmm. It's St. Augustine's like, our hearts are restless until they, until rest, they rest in you, in right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. I'm glad that we started talking about like emotion a little bit. Just like the idea of like being happy is such um, like an earthly mm-hmm. feeling, right? And then heaven, like we experience, I mean, I don't know. Emotion is even the right word, but when we whatever we experience in heaven is like the perfected version mm. of whatever. Mm-hmm. So maybe happiness in heaven is going to be like fully understanding, like mercy and judgment, mm. like what Natalie brought up with Father Steve was saying. Um, and when we are able to like um, fully understand like Christ's mercy on the on. Um, those who might not be in heaven yet, right? Like we are experiencing that um, that mercy and maybe that in heaven, like that perfected like sadness or like longing for somebody else to be there will be like happiness, if mm. that makes sense. So it's not necessarily about erasing every bad, supposedly, emotion. Yeah. It's encompassing all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because maybe heaven isn't necessarily happiness that we think of. Right. But yeah, like Thomas was saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. like completeness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I wrote down two things. Purgatory and Fatima. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I, I liked this question. Yeah, it was a good question. Because um, I like Our Lady of Fatima a lot. And one of the most terrifying things she did was give the three children a vision of what hell is like. Mm. And those children were terrified. (laughs) Um, And she didn't end it with, oh, that's what it looks like, don't get there. She said, this is what it looks like, pray for the souls in there. Yeah. Because it's hell. Um, (laughs) So I think if we're in heaven too, we'd be given the opportunity to even pray for those that didn't get to heaven. Um, That being said too, um, purgatory itself, I, um, let's see here, happiness, what was it? Yeah, purgatory. Um, obviously it's a place for us to realize what, like, our eventual call is to be, is to be with God and to be in the fullness of everything, um, and to have everything fulfilled through God, and just having that purifying time where people in heaven can pray for us then to be in the gates of heaven, um, and be an eternal happiness, fill in the blank, anything. Um, So, yeah, I like the thought of a staging area of where we didn't have necessarily a life that reflected our love for God in every instance, but he gives us that opportunity to um, be purified, to go into his heavenly Hmm. home. And like we were talking about earlier with God um, feeling sorrow for his um, creation not coming into heaven with him. Um, It just reminded me of a book that talks about how it makes an analogy between God being a parent, 
and he has all these children. Well, if you were that parent, would you want your child to go to hell? Obviously, everybody would say no. Mm-hmm. But he gives then the opportunity to not follow them here on earth, sadly. Right. But it is good because it gives us the opportunity to be free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And essence, he doesn't want a mindless people. <laughs> um, so we have that big privilege, and it's up to us to get there. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. So you think we can pray for people who are in hell? Because I kind of thought that was, heard. that was said and not, done. Not, yeah, it is said and done. <laughs> so, like, what's the purpose of, like, praying for them? That's a great like, question. Is there suffering or something? I, I don't know. You know? I don't actually or know. Or maybe it isn't said and done until the world ends. I don't know. Yeah, there is a big question. That would be hopeful. Um, yeah. That, like, that would, yeah. I, I do know that, like, hell, by definition of the Catholic Church, I'm pretty sure is, like, the separation from God. Yeah. yeah. But maybe you have to go there if you've really done... I don't know. Maybe it's oh, like... Oh, now we're getting down a rabbit hole. <laughs> maybe, yeah. I was going to say, maybe judgment comes and then God's like, psych, you're all going to heaven. Yeah. But oh, I just wanted you to think maybe you weren't... <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty awesome. I would love God for that. that I don't already. That's actually a really big question. Actually, a... Uh, it's, it's actually a quite diver- diversive question in the church right now is lest we hope all souls go to heaven yeah even those in hell yeah. like in the very end right and like bishop Barron, i think kind of like talked about this um in some of his homilies that maybe yeah uh, there is evidence that god has stated or implied that everyone would eventually go to heaven. Mm, that would um, be amazing. Yeah. Mm. I would, okay, world can end any day now. <laughs> no. I don't think it's bad to hope that. You know? No. It's never bad to hope good things right. for everybody. All right, Susan, yeah. your turn. <clears throat> oh, boy. Okay. We um, are running behind over people. <laughs> good conversation. It's, it's a big, though. big yeah. cast here. Yeah, it is. Big okay. Cast. What is your favorite way to pray? Ooh, that's a good uh, question. Oh gosh, I don't know. I think I, I'm very much like structured prayer. Um, I really like novenas and rosaries, and I love the Chapel of Divine Mercy. That one's probably my favorite because I feel like once I can get lost in the roteness of it, it's really comforting immediately. It's not like, you know, but I do feel like sometimes, you know, everyone always says that praying is like a conversation with like your friend or whatever. And I always feel kind of bad because I've never gotten to that point. I've never felt, like, just comfortable being like, Hi, God, how are you today? Or whatever. Um, it always feels weird to me. And, like, I know. <laughs> and so sometimes I feel like I'm a bad Catholic cause I, or a Christian in general because I can't, like, treat God like a friend. And I always have to be like, Okay, divine mercy, <laughs> chaplet, um, rosary. Uh, you I think know. it's each person's personality, though, too. That, like, that's definitely true, God too. God has given us. Yeah, that's definitely true. I don't know. I don't, that's about it. All I can say for that. No, I'm very similar, Susan. I think that I um, am definitely a divine mercy person. Um, the rosary, when I actually sit down to pray it and without falling, you know, before bed and fall asleep, is very comforting and very soothing. And even if I don't feel anything, I just. It's like a mindfulness. Yeah. Yeah. It's more, I'm more grounded, more Mm -hmm. calm. Like, I love the mass, and that's, I mean, if I could never not go to mass, I just, I would not feel, I would feel disconnected and, like, Mm. floating around, bouncing around like a bouncy ball. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, it's for you, it's like Yeah, foundation, it's like grounding for me. Um, But God and I also have a very interesting relationship. (laughs) (laughs) I talk to him a lot. (laughs) I, I do feel like I'm sassy with them. For a side point, I do feel like I can talk more with the saints. Like that is one yeah. thing I really like about the saints. Yeah, that is they good. definitely feel like yeah, I can pray to them more like a person. Right. Be like, hey, yo. <laughs> right. Saint Francis, help help my dog or something. You know. Yeah. No, actually, that's yeah. a great. Actually, yeah, I think I mean that's an awesome thing. I love praying to the saints and. Then, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think like what Julia mentioned was like it is kind of like a per it is a subjective question right i think i don't think there's any like one tried and true way that you should feel to pray right Mm -hmm. um i think they're all great 
praying and praying. Right? <laughs> you, know? um, you should do it. It's great. Um, but like, you know, personally for me, um, I find I get so distracted when I'm praying like the rosary or and mm-hmm. like my thoughts start. Uh, not always, but like sometimes we'll actually get just tempting, right? Um, because I'm just almost like mindlessly saying these things and like not even thinking. Um, so what I love to do, and I think um, what helps me a lot is like just sitting and thinking, um, whether it be writing, jotting down notes. I love to smoke my pipe and look at the stars um, and just kind of like thank God for the beauty of the world. Hmm. Um, oh, I like that. And, and like, I have always felt more closer to God in nature. Mm, that's a good point. Um, so I, I've always loved, and, like, even, like, when I work out, I try to make my, like, workouts like a prayer to God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, when it's really painful, you know, I try to, like, just <laughs> offer it up, offer you know, it. and, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, like, I'll still pray the rosary, too, but typically I, I, I do it with, like, a pamphlet to kind mm-hmm. of like think about something each yeah. decade just because I, I've always found like I have a hard time with like repetitious prayer yeah um, it makes me really tired and then I fall asleep mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so something a little bit more exciting casual I, mm-hmm. is my favorite way to pray I like guess. your daily life yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. nice um, I was thinking about how um, as Catholics, we're offered like so many different ways to pray, and sometimes it feels like I have to do all the things, right? <laughs> yeah. Sort of like what we've yeah. been talking about, like I gotta do all the things, or I'm not doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And like prayer should like never feel like a checklist, like I have to, right? My spiritual director always says like prayer like needs to be a desire, and like mm-hmm. you might build that um, desire through like practice, right? Just like anything, it might be like a a routine or a schedule at first but then it becomes a desire um so i think that's just comforting to it was comforting for me to learn because before i feel like I'm like oh I'm like i get really distracted doing the rosary and woe yeah. is me like i must be a terrible catholic right <laughs> um but it's like maybe that's not how i'm called to pray right um, in that particular season of life or whatnot mm-hmm. so I feel like what's been helping me recently is journaling um which has been really beautiful so just going back to look back um at like how God has like worked in my life um and that that's definitely been my favorite way as of late I like that mm-hmm. yeah. yeah thanks nice mm-hmm. um so as with all I like the rosary a lot and with my commute, I have a good opportunity to <laughs> do it. Very you signaling. No. <laughs> I have a 45-minute drive to work, so I have plenty of time. You can almost squeeze in two. Yeah. You're saying really fast. Three. 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 If you actually go 15 minutes, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, um, so that's one thing I like to do. It's a good way to start the morning um, some days, where it just calms you down, like you guys are saying. Um, before COVID, I enjoyed... Uh, Eucharistic adoration a lot, yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, oh there's a perpetual so adoration much. that's just easy to go to, yeah. whenever you want. So whenever you can get in front of um, the Eucharist, uh, it's always a nice time. Yeah. Um, but I guess everyday prayer, um, I'm not uncomfortable with um, some private chats with the "Hey, how you doing?" But I don't typically ask God how he's doing. I usually just tell him how I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> but um, I think, what's that? There's some acronym out there for a structure to prayer. Like, there you go. Can you explain it real quick? Tips is like give thanksgiving um, for God, what God's given you. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's different ways to say I it. I for intercession. I, yeah, intentions, intentions that you have. And then praise of God. Mm-hmm. Um God, you're so wonderful, you're so mm. gracious, giving, etc. And then sorry, um, S for sorry, like, um, oh, okay. like your feelings for the day. Yeah, like, sorry for this or something. Yeah, so I yeah, kind follow that format roughly, very roughly. I wouldn't say it's perfect either. <laughs> <laughs> but I do also like prayers that sound beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I have old Catholic prayer books, and mm-hmm. I love picking them out and being like, 
first of all, it's a really cool book because it tells you what the prayer comes from. Mm-hmm. Like it's like where this prayer was fa- founded in and who, which saint wrote it down. Oh, that's cool. So that's like way really cool. I love the history of prayers in mm-hmm. general. Yeah. So very interesting. That's what I like. Yeah, um, a big thing I was doing when I was driving to work um, was the tips, but it's a lot harder when I just have to walk one room over to <laughs> enough to do that yeah. now. Yeah. Um, but something I learned last year was the divine mercy. So I've enjoyed, I've had seasons of saying or not, I've been trying to say it again more lately um, after we watched the Our Lady of Fatima movie. <laughs> um, but I do a couple things which maybe I'm just talking to myself, but I like the conversation um, even when I am just saying things to myself, but saying also talking to God about it. Um, that's always helpful for me since I am a talkative person, so it's good to talk things out. Um, and then also, uh, just through music is mm. another thing. Mm. Um, a lot of what you guys said too, I like all those. Um, but that's where, like, specifically music at mass, maybe, um, singing the hymns or the psalms, um, but also just listening to music or just singing it that's myself good. around mm. the house or something. Um, is another way that I can yeah, do. Cool. Yeah. Did you start that? Yes. Did I just have yeah, one I last closing point? Oh, I had love. Okay, okay, tell us <laughs> one too. After me. Sorry. <laughs> 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 it's because I, rem- I, I remember thinking. Yeah. It's like, um, I think you guys are falling asleep and then yeah. you're like, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> 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 when Natalie had mentioned the, the mass being a prayer, I think that's something that's so overlooked. Like, the mass is like the best prayer we can pray. Mm-hmm. And we pray it as a community there. And when the liturgy is celebrated in a way that makes you think it's a prayer, because it is a mm-hmm. prayer, it's a beautiful thing. With reverence. Yeah. With reverence. Yeah, and uh, that's so important, and that's what I look forward to every week. Thoughts? Uh, sorry, I just thought of one of my favorite verses of all time. I can't remember where in the Bible it is, but it's coming along. What? The groans. Yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. So it's something along the lines of this. This is uh, paraphrasing very roughly. It's a it's because uh, we do not know how to pray as we ought, therefore the Spirit intercedes for us mm. with groans too uh, loud, large, for our words. Oh, I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. And it's just like so true. Like None of us know how to really yeah, pray that well. Definitely. And that prayer is kind of like, I think what Henry said, the desire yeah. For it, right? To be with God and like the Spirit intercedes on our behalf because, you know, that's our brokenness is that we don't always want to be there, be with God, you know, mm-hmm. but that's what we're called to be. I definitely think the Holy Spirit is underrated mm. yeah. and not used to <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, man, we forget about the Holy Spirit yeah. all, all, the time. Time. all the time. <laughs> wow, and it's such a powerful yeah. intercessor mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. I think it's so more like big though. I don't know. It's hard. Yeah. It's, it's very put the Holy Spirit in here. Hard to like. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think this is one of yours, Nick. Yeah, it's not a great one. So if you need to explain it. Uh, the saints and their stories with encountering evil know any stories. Um, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what um, I think I get what you're saying, like wrestling with the demons and yeah, stuff. Yeah, stuff like that. Crazy um, stories um, for Halloween, kind of. So. Mm. Oh boy, I don't really have any of those except for I know that like I think with Padre Pio, um, would stay up at night and actually wrestle with demons, like argue with demons, and then um, wasn't it? I think it was Tobias or Tobit, who wrestled with men. Why is it really strong men who wanted to kill him? And that was actually like demons are bought. Oh, I forgot. I thought that was yeah, Jacob. I yeah, I was going to say, I think oh, Jacob. Is it Jacob? Right yeah, I Jacob. just read it in the Bible. So it was that's either it was like... devil or it was an angel. I yeah, I think it was an angel or a demon. But I also think of mental health skew. St. Jerome, who had pretty severe depression, and he writes about or is it St. Jerome, right? Dark Knight of the Soul. Who writes that? Uh, St. Augustine? No. Ignatius? No. St. John of the Cross. St. John of the um, Cross. Thank you. Yeah. St. John of the Cross, yes. Who wrote Dark Knight of the Soul. Where he talks about depression and separation from God. 
Um, and so I think that's, that's sort of another, I don't know if it's necessarily evil. Mm. I think it could certainly, like you said earlier in the episode, like tempt you to evil, right? Like depression is, is tough. But I think that a lot of saints, probably more than we know, wrestle with that, the absence of feeling from God. And we do all the time, especially right now with COVID and everything else going on. We, I think myself, have definitely felt more depressed than, than ever before. Yeah. Like, for sure. Well, yeah. I'll tack on a little extra thing to that question. Like, what in the church have you seen? Mm-hmm. There, can you say this? Yeah. The saints and their stories with encountering evil. So yeah, like stories. I guess, um, also stories of like the evil Eucharist being saving. present in like the church, like people doing bad things. In the oh, church. No, okay. You mm. can say that too. Okay. okay. That might give more topics. That was that about. was your way of sneaking in a question <laughs> that. You... No, no, I'm not gonna talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna throw something at you. Wait, uh, pencil. <laughs> No, I thought of there's this female saint, and I can't remember her name. I think maybe Saint Joan of Arc, maybe Saint Catherine of Siena. I don't know. I think I want to say I jumped to Saint Joan of Arc, and it's because, um. Maybe her, I, I can't remember. Anyway, she was like eaten by a dragon, like the devil, oh and gosh. like she like cut her way out. It's wow, it's a badass intense. story. Sorry, <laughs> bad apple story. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I can't remember. I want to say it's Saint Joan of Arc, but yeah, uh, that's all I have to say. <laughs> Felix. All right. Thank you, Thomas. Um, so I don't have any specific stories, but um, just the question made me think of St. Michael mm. and his prayer and how it's like, yeah, defend us in battle, right? Mm. Uh, be our defense against yeah. the witness and snares of the devil. And that how, like, when we know it or not, we're, like, at spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. So, like, us as people, like, trying to become saints, right? It's interesting to think of, like, what our earthly journey can uh, look like and be influenced by even when um, us and our like meek humanity like aren't even aware of it like thank mm-hmm. god for our guardian angels who are constantly up there fighting for us um but i don't know that's just what made that made me think of yeah we are the church militant yeah <laughs> put on the armor of christ yeah yeah, yeah. um so i basically and selfishness maybe brought in the church piece because um when you were talking earlier, it reminded me of a story that happened at St. Marie's, and not just once, but many times, I'm sure, of where somebody tries to come up to the altar yes. and get a host, and the priest maybe gives it to them at first, and then they're like, oh, that's not the right person to be given that to, and like, Father Mark, I remember he chased somebody down the aisle <laughs> and wow. said, During give that, yes, because they were they didn't consume it mm. in front of them. Mm. And they looked sketchy. That's but he awful. gave it to them because they said the right things, they did all mm-hmm. the right motions, but then he noticed that they didn't put it mm. in their mouth. Mm-hmm. Okay. So typically people will take those, sell them on eBay, mm-hmm. and like these are consecrated by a priest's hands, mm-hmm. then people take them to black masses yeah. like that when they up. do bad things to them. Mm. Um, mm, creepy. So it's like, like it's you, being a Eucharistic minister in the church, is a serious thing. Yeah, like you have to watch, make sure people are consuming the host because if you let Jesus go outside of the temple, who, who is knows that, what's going to happen? Who is that saint that died? Saint Tars- Tarsisis, I want to say. I know that name. Father Steve but... talked about him one time. He, he's a kid and he it was his duty to deliver the Eucharist to people in the catacombs <laughs> and some non-Catholics stopped him and they were... They said, what do you hide? What do you have? And he didn't let them see it, and they beat, beat him to death. Huh. And when they opened up his hand, there was nothing there. It was a miracle it, it that the host oh, disappeared. Wow. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, there's some interesting stories out yeah. there. It makes sense it was, um, they didn't consume it, I wasn't sure. 
how they knew that they were not yeah. good yeah. people. <laughs> if they did consume it, how would you know? But yeah. Um, but anywho, thank yeah. you for clarifying. Um, he doesn't chase anybody. Or just people like yelling in the middle of mass. Yeah, I've seen well, that a couple times. We were, I was there for once somebody tried to put something on the altar in the middle of mass. Really? So, you know, St. Marie's gets some weird they people. Get some, yeah. He That's like so ran up on the altar and tried in the middle of the consecration and tried to sh- like put something on the And I remember like they had priests tackle them. Interesting. Yeah. Nothing wow. like that. And it's serious. Like, it is the most important Well, especially in the part consecration. Yeah. 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 You can't, the priest actually cannot or should not stop. No, mm-hmm. they can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fire's going, they don't yeah, stop. Yeah, they can't stop. Until they've consecrated. Um, I was going to mention the St. Michael prayer as well, so thank you for saying that. Because um, I personally don't know exact saint stories, but I like that that's added to um, the masses now in the diocese. Um, I think that's really powerful that we all say it. And At first I wasn't sure if you know, it was our church, and then you see it at all other churches around, so that's pretty cool. Because um, it is really important to yeah. have that intentionality to pray for that. Um, and then also just something I've been hearing lately is like finding your like spiritual warriors and just like praying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to those saints. Um, and maybe just because I like little things about them, I don't know a ton, but been finding some that like, okay, that, like pray, you know, intercession of them and like yeah. how, Holy so posse. that, yeah, like, um, St. <laughs> Catherine of posse. Siena or yeah, exactly. <laughs> like posse. thinking well, of St. Saint Rose of Lima, like different people that have maybe had some part in your life or, or not, or you just learn about them. And so I feel like that's something we could all, you know, add into our little back pocket of spiritual warfare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like an example. Yeah. So like something you're going through so you can pray to that saint cause they like went through mm-hmm. it or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny cause, um, when Nick brought up like bad things in church, I actually thought of a story uh, that happened to me in Arizona. Um, I was, like, in the pew, and we had, we're still, like, receiving communion. And you know how, like, there's two rows and everything? Um, And one of them had emptied, and there's, like, an old lady that was just still standing there, not going toward, like, the empty line, which Mm -hmm. technically you're supposed to do. And this other lady literally pushed her toward the other communion line. Yeah, like, I'm, it wasn't, like, a nice push. It was, like, go and it was like and I was like shocked and I was like that just happened in church yeah. like yeah. um so it really bothered me because I was like if that's how Catholics act here yeah. then I'm not sure I want to go to this church wow. so I just think and then like visitors too when they see that and I just oh, yeah. think it yeah. really mm-hmm. affects that's awful mm-hmm. yeah Yeah, I was very so angry, angry <laughs> and upset by it yeah right mm-hmm. yeah and I think, too, because I was in a discernment time, too, where I was, like, kind of struggling with Catholicism. I can't even say it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, like, it just really bothered me to see that because yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. if that's how we're acting, then, I mean, in the presence of God, too. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, this woman had literally just received communion. So I'm like, um, yeah. you know, so, I don't know. Yeah. Oof. Some test stuff. Oh, can yeah. I say one last thing? Uh, yes. Please. Sorry. Fleeting <laughs> um, <laughs> thought. Sorry. <laughs> it's gone. Uh, it blew away. He kept you on your toes. Uh, yeah. Uh, cool. All right. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening and for our lovely family and friends. Yep. Ooh, thanks for joining us. Today. I think it was a, a fairly long one, but yeah, hopefully it was good hour. stuff. Ooh. Maybe we can split it in half. Yeah, that's a great idea. It's a marathon. Yeah, that's actually a cliffhanger. We might might have split this one in half um, for you, our audience. Uh, So. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everyone, for listening. God bless. All right, bye.